Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. You've heard of Monday Morning Quarterback, but today's show, it's Friday Morning Quarterback. Hi, everybody. I'm James Swanson. This is Pad the Stats, your fantasy football podcast home. And on today's show, we're going to talk about two interesting prospects at the quarterback position entering the 2019 NFL Draft. Two guys that you're going to want to keep on your radar in terms of uh, dynasty formats for fantasy. Um, and that's, again, this is a fantasy football show here on Pad the Stats. But at this time of the year, we got to take a look at some of these guys entering the draft, take a look at some of their tendencies, what they do on the field, what they do well, what they don't do well, and give you an idea um, You know, when you're gearing up again for, these fan, for your dynasty drafts, for your rookie drafts, you know, you know how to how to look at these guys, how to approach these guys. What what do they do well? What do they don't do well? And so today we're going to take a look at again two quarterbacks: Drew Locke out of Missouri, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. And I'm going to break them down. What I've seen from some of their some out of their some of their game film, two games in particular for each guy: Georgia, Alabama for for Locke, and we're going to take a look at TCU, Michigan for Dwayne Haskins. So. Let's get into this thing, and uh, I talked a lot about Drew Locke after the Senior Bowl, and I was very impressed with him in Mobile. Thought he played a very good game. Thought he was the most impressive quarterback out of the bunch. Thought he had a strong arm, and that showed up on tape in his 2018 film. Same thing. Now, if you look at the Alabama game, some of the pros, uh, again, drives the ball downfield extremely well. This is one of the stronger arms in this class, in my opinion. And he can make every throw. He's got confidence in every throw. The one thing that I noticed, I loved it, he will attack man coverage, tight man on the outside. Anything nine route, go route, down the sideline, he's not afraid to throw it. He loves that throw, actually. And I don't know if that's just a game plan thing with Missouri. If that's just, I shouldn't say game plan, I don't, uh, but you know what I mean. Is it just an offensive scheme thing? Like, what kind of offense will he fit in if he's with the Jags? You know, is he going to have the personnel to make or, or to, you know, fall in love with those kind of throws like he does at Missouri? But you see it pop up on, on film three, four times a game where he's just pushing the ball down the sideline 20, 30, 40 yards sometimes on tight man-to-man coverage. And he will throw that or he will place those throws with really, really good accuracy, good precision, good timing. And it's mostly to his right. Okay, so he, you'll find that Drew Locke is a guy that everything to his right is on time, it's accurate, precise. I mean, he really, really throws, and again, right-handed quarterbacks, most of the time when they're going to their right like that, you know, they prefer that throw. It's easier, right? They're already, you know, in a position to make that throw a little bit better then turning their head, flipping their shoulders, flipping their hips, throwing to the left. But it's impressive with Locke. Off of play action, everything to the right is out quick. Precision, again, um, when they fake that inside zone, you know, Missouri ran this a lot where they will out of the gun, up inside, and then he's it's out quick. It's out very quick, whether it's a hitch, hook, um, something quick, slant. You know, he, it's out quick, and he makes those throws regularly. Um, it showed up on both both tapes. But the but the throws down the sideline are what impressed me the most, and he's going to be 
you know, he's going to the NFL. It's this is a league where you have to have a vertical passing game in order to succeed. You can't just, you know, do what Blake Bortles is doing in Jacksonville. It's not working. Um so I'm really impressed with the arm strength, really impressed with the desire, the ability to go down the field, to push the ball down the sideline. Showed up in both games three times, I, I noticed. Um, they will attack that man coverage on the outside. Now, the first play of the game, I will preface this by saying, he did throw an interception. The first play of the game against Alabama, the first pass of the game, deep down the right sideline, about 25 yards through pick. Now, the corner was in very good position. It actually wasn't that bad of a throw. It wasn't terribly behind the receiver. Now, you would like to see him put it in a place where, hey, if, if it's either going to be an overthrow or you know, the, the defender isn't catching it, right? But really impressive stuff just from the arm talent with Drew Locke. I think he shows from what I've seen so far. Now, I have not. I need to dive into the tape on Kyler Murray a little bit and some of these other guys, Daniel Jones, a little bit more. But I am very impressed so far with Drew Locke. I think he does a lot of things very well. Now, last year's class, I think we knew what we had in Sam Darnold and you know guys like Josh Rosen. I think that class was certainly stronger. But I do think Drew Locke is up there. I, I don't know where he fits in exactly with those quarterbacks from last year, if he would have came out last year. But impressed with Drew Locke from what I saw in the Alabama game. Some other notes that I had on him. Very comfortable rolling and throwing to his right. Again, this is off the play-action game, but it's not just in the pocket. It's rolling to the right, getting out of the pocket. When they run stretch run left, or fake stretch run left, it's and he rolls back to his right. Um, he's very accurate on those short passes in the flat. He shows extremely good touch, which is something that, you know, natural touch... It's not something that comes exactly natural to everybody, um, for lack of a better term, but he has it, and I think that's really impressive. He's able to you know, put the ball over top of linebackers running with running backs, which uh, you know is something that not all guys have that ability. So a um, couple other things on the pros side of, from the Alabama tape. Flips, hips, and releases quickly, fluidly on passes to right. What I mean there is, again, throwing to his right, you know, when, when he's off play action or whether it's just out of the gun, snap and throw, everything's very fluid, very quick, uh, on time, very accurate. That's something that when I talk about Dwayne Haskins here in a minute too, I thought he did that very well. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is another guy who's very accurate on those intermediate to short short routes. Um, but I was very impressed with Drew Locke in that sense. Now, some of the things from the Alabama tape that I did not like, his feet will get choppy in the pocket. Quarterbacks will do this from time to time, right? I mean, this happens. First read isn't there, especially young guys. Feet get a little anxious in the pocket, um, and then bad decisions happen. Inaccuracy happens. Same thing with Locke. We saw it a little bit. He is inaccurate on those short to intermediate throws. When that happens, he'll miss some crossing routes crossing routes that are open. So that happened twice in the tape on Alabama. A couple poor decisions. He did throw a ball where it looked like a either a miscommunication or just a throwaway through back left of the end zone. When Missouri was still in the ball game, still had a chance, and that really cost him. 
So a little bit of decision-making that we saw some bad decisions, but overall good stuff against a really, really good defense in Alabama, a defense that typically we think of as one of the best in the country and one of the best teams in the country. So that was a good test, and I thought he showed up well. Now one thing, when he does go to his left, and this was a big thing for me, when he's rolling to his left, when he's flushed out of the pocket to his left, that low arm slot, if you go back and listen to our, our Senior Bowl podcast, he has a low arm slot. And sometimes he tends to flick the ball almost rather than really you know, driving the ball. Now, he's a strong arm. He has just natural arm talent that he can you know, drive the ball into tight windows. He trusts his arm. But when he is going left, when he does not square his shoulders back downfield and he squares his hips downfield, he does tend to get in some trouble flicking the ball from his hip, and it isn't as smooth, not nearly as smooth. Some of those guys where their arm slot is a little higher. Now, in today's NFL, it isn't like it used to be where, you know, we all taught our quarterbacks to keep the ball high, and and, and you want to have good pocket awareness and good um, mechanics, you know, with your arm slot in terms of, you know, when you have edge, edge rushers coming around the end and, um, you know, even guys at the middle and, and trying to knock the ball out. You want to be obviously aware of that stuff and have good mechanics. But when we saw, you know, take a look at Aaron Rodgers when he was a Cal. Everything was at the helmet, right? All of his throws were from his from the helmet. He got to the Packers, played a few years behind Brett Favre, and his arm mechanics or his ball slot, arm slot, I should say, completely changed, holds the ball much lower, much more free. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's something that, you know, teams are going to have to change about Drew Locke. Uh, it's just something he needs to be aware about. He has a low arm slot, so you can't, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the way the ball's coming out of Drew Locke's hands. He has a strong arm. You know, he has all the arm talent, like I said. Um, But some throws, it does show up where it's just a little bit inefficient. Now, when we look at the Georgia game, the one thing that I noticed here is the above-average athleticism and mobility. This is a guy who's not afraid to step up when he feels pressure, and he can step up, and he can run. He has above-average athleticism, which is going to really help him at the next level. I love that about him. And the pass-first mindset. A lot of quarterbacks, when their first read is not there, we see them, eyes are down, and they're automatically looking to go. This is a guy who will go through through his reads. Um, Again, sometimes he gets a little bit of choppy feet, like I mentioned, from the Alabama tape, and that showed up in the Georgia game too. But overall, excuse me, he is always looking to make a play downfield, and I love that about him. I love that about his game. He'll hang in there and throw when a defense, uh, you know, when the pressure is in his face. A lot of the same stuff in terms of the play-action game that we saw in the Alabama tape that Drew Locke is very comfortable with throws coming off of play action, whether he's rolling out to his right, whether it's just a quick inside zone and it's a quick hitch or a quick hook. He throws that ball uh, with with very good timing, very good accuracy, puts it on his receiver, allows him to make a play after the catch, which I was very impressed by. So some really good things there, just the, the, the natural touch again, the ability to drive the ball down the sideline, the ability to throw with precision and timing off of play action. All good stuff from Drew Locke. Let's see, what else do I have here on the good stuff? Um, Now, there were also some throws where he would drive the ball 
into tight windows, um, you know, on crossing routes or on on post routes, skinny posts, um, slants, things like that, deep, you know, in cuts, um, digs. He's not afraid to make those throws either. I think he uh, he trusts his arm a lot. Now, will that, you know, <laughs> will that hurt him a little bit at the next level? It could. It could. He's got some gunslinger um, tendencies to him, if you will. Big Ben comes to mind a little bit when I see him. Not as big, not as, um, I don't know if arm talent-wise, or I should say arm strength-wise, I don't know if they're, they're if he's right there. Um, but he will sling it. He will sling it. He's got plenty of arm. He really does. So I don't mind that, though. Again, I mentioned this just a few minutes ago. In the NFL, you have to have a vertical passing game. You have to take chances. You have to be aggressive. So that stuff doesn't bother me as much. I think he'll be fine. Um, but but a lot of really good things from Drew Locke. Now, again, some of some of the cons in the Georgia tape, um, he did show some occasional poor awareness on edge rushes. There was a strip sack. One or there might have been two strip sacks actually that took place. There was definitely one um, where you know from his right coming at his face um, just needs to be a little bit quicker with his decisions there, a little bit more decisive. But overall, I, did, I, I thought he did well. There were also a couple times where he he stepped up and he ran when he felt the pressure coming from the edge and he was able to pick up positive yardage. And the same thing with the choppy feet in the Georgia tape. That's something he's going to have to work on. That's one of the more concerning things in Drew Locke's game is... There are times where he will go through his reads. There are times where he's backpedaling and he's chopping for really no reason. There's not a lot of pressure, interior or from the edge, and he's already getting choppy feet. So I think he needs to just clean that up in his game. That's something that you know proper coaching in the NFL will hopefully be able to fix. Um, but those are, you know, again, just some things that, that we noticed when we were watching tape from the Alabama and Georgia tapes for Drew Locke. Overall, really excited about him. 6'3 and 3 quarters, 223 pounds, 9 inch hands. Hands aren't that huge, aren't that big. I mean, you know, that's something that in today's league we get all hyped up about. Is, you know, really, really big hands. I remember Russell Wilson came out a few years back. Um, I guess that's more than a few years now. But, uh, you know, he was a guy who had really big hands and I don't know what to make of it. I think, you know, if the guy can make all the throws, he shows the arm talent, he shows the touch, then 9-inch hands, 10-inch hands, whatever, you know, I, I, it doesn't bother me with Drew Locke. It's not a concern with him because of the arm talent that I mentioned. He's just, he's got a strong arm. I don't see the ball float out of his hands like I do Will Greer. Um, So, really good stuff. I'm excited. I'm hoping, now, when we talk about, when we relate this more so to fantasy and, and, you know, real-time, uh, you know, who he's going to end up with, I should say, and the personnel that he's going to affect. I would love to see him fall to the Broncos at 10. I think that his game matches up with somebody like Cortland Sutton, somebody who can stretch the field, work outside the boundaries, outside um, the numbers, and push the ball down the sideline. I think that's that would be great. I think that would be a great, great fit. Now, they have some other good receivers there, other young guys. Um, you know, Deshaun Hamilton being another one. So, um, 
I, I would love to see him fall to Denver at 10. I th- think that would be a good fit. And obviously, the other team really needing a quarterback at this point is the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at, I believe, six or seven. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Hoping, num- hoping though, 10 to the Denver Broncos could be the landing spot for Drew Locke. Now, let's focus our attention on another guy, another first-round talent or first-round grade for many, many uh, scouts out there, and that's Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State. Now, I watched two films here. Let me pull up his notes really quick. TCU and then the Michigan game. And when I watched... I've watched, you know, I, I'm a Penn State guy, and I'm, you know, I'm from Pennsylvania, so I've I've seen some Dwayne Haskins, right? I, I watched him play us. I watched every throw, every every play from that game. I watched some of the Purdue game, where everybody talked about his accuracy on crossing routes on sh- on short, you know, intermediate throws, short to intermediate throws, and I was not that impressed in some of those games. And those are two examples, Purdue and Penn State, where he doesn't you know, showed quite that moxie in the pocket, that ability to hit just everything on the dime, whether it's short, intermediate. But when I went back and looked at the TCU tape, when I looked at the Michigan tape, I mean, he really does show some good stuff. Uh, you know, very, very comfortable working in the middle of the field. Again, the short to intermediate routes, he allows his receivers to make plays after the catch. If you are going to sit, if you're going to play man coverage, you know, Ohio State was very good at using these crossing routes to, you know, to pick plays, to to work with man, to work against man coverage, to get receivers open. And Haskins was consistently putting the ball on his receivers in front of his receivers so they could make plays after the catch. That's going to be important at the next level when, when coverages are even tighter, when windows are even tighter. If he's able to be as accurate as he was in some of these games, TCU game and the Michigan game, both showed up. I mean, Michigan, you know, they beat Michigan badly. They made a lot of plays on special teams and defense in that game, but but Haskins really played well against a very good Michigan defense. Um, but as far as the TCU tape is concerned, I, I thought he showed excellent accuracy, good timing precision on the short to intermediate routes once again. You know, he's not as mobile or athletic as Drew Locke, but he will move around. He can pick up some yards with his legs. He's not a statue, not by any means. He's not Eli Manning back there. He will tuck the ball and run a little bit. Um, he just does not miss many slant or in-cut routes. You know, ever anything, with it, whether it's timing or whether he has to sit in the pocket for a little bit and, and scan the field, he is dead money on those throws, those uh, you know, slants, crossing routes, whatever you want to call them. Um, very, very good stuff from from that part of his game. He sells the screen game well. Uh, I thought he did a couple, you know, nice job. I think this is an, is an underrated aspect of the quarterback position is being able to, you know, really sell the screen game and really sell, um, you know, you're, you're actually looking to throw the ball down the field when in reality it's your, your running back that's slipping out um, and, and looking to pick up some big yardage. And I thought he did that well, set it up well. A couple times they picked up, you know, 10-plus yards on screen plays against TCU that uh, I, I thought that Haskins had a big big part in that. Um, I think he scans the field really quickly when coming off of his first read. Eyes, you know, good eyes. 
Um, you know, shows good arm strength, timing, accuracy on on outside comeback routes um, was another one, another part that I uh, or, or another you know note that I wrote down was it not, wasn't just my point here is it just, just wasn't just those inside routes those crossing routes slants. I thought he threw the ball very well outside the numbers as well, um, eight, ten, twelve yards. Now, a couple other things. Let's see here. What else do I have written down? Um, he will, you know, another thing that I liked is his willingness to hang in with pressure in his face. I thought he did that a couple times very well in this game. Um, again, drives the ball to the boundary on those 8, 10, 12-yard routes. And, you know, extremely good command of the hurry-up offense. This is something Ohio State uses regularly, but... You know, it's 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 not something where he's getting to the line and then he's looking to the the sideline to get the play every time. Um, you know, he's he's doing a nice job of checking some things at the line and and that's important, especially you know moving to the next level. I think he's a guy who will pick up on things quickly. Um, you know, that's that's certainly not something to overlook in his game. Now, aside or you know, kind of opposite of Drew Locke with Dwayne Haskins is. He will rarely attack man-to-man on the outside. And his accuracy diminishes significantly when he feels pressure or when he's knocked off his spot. Now, I, I said that he I, I love how he hangs in there when he has pressure. But if you get in his face, if you get pressure on him, the accuracy, it, it really does go down quite a bit. I mean, it shows up. Now, look, I mean, this is any quarterback. When you get, when you get him off his spot, when you get pressure in in his face or he feels that pressure, he's not going to be as accurate. But this is concerning for Dwayne Haskins because, look, he's not a guy who's driving the ball down the field with, with a lot of power, with a lot of accuracy. Um, there were a lot of plays in this game that he left out there where he's just missing guys down the field, where Drew Locke was very precise with those throws down the field, down the boundary, 25, 30, 35 yards. Drew Locke, or I'm sorry, Dwayne Haskins, missing a lot of those routes. So I think if he's, if you take him out of his game where he's can use his strengths as an accurate passer, um, you know, he's going to struggle at times. So another thing, you know, one more con just, just on this TCU tape, and then I'll jump over to the Michigan tape and cover that quickly. You know, he doesn't always allow routes to develop downfield before looking to his intermediate option. This showed up a ton where, you know, he's not looking to really... Now, this could be a scheme thing. This could be, you know, a game plan that that Ohio State had um, where they're attacking, you know, what they saw on, on tape against TCU is, hey, we can we can just utilize everything, you know, short to intermediate. But he wasn't looking to really push the ball down the field too much. Um, I would like to see that a little more. And when he did, it wasn't, again, the, the accuracy diminished quite a bit when he's um, on those downfield throws. So if we turn our attention back, let me get the uh, Michigan game pulled up here. Give me one second, bear with me. Um, you know, this was a game, again, where where TCU, or excuse me, um, Ohio State's defense special teams really made some big plays in this game. But, again, Dwayne Haskins made some big plays in this game, too. And, you know, I thought he showed a good willingness to run and stick his head down for some extra yardage when he had to. Now, just like Drew Locke and just like any other young quarterback, you're going to have to be careful of that next level. You can't always get away with it. Carson Wentz is starting to find that out. 
Um, but but I love the toughness. I love the toughness. I, I like that he's willing to step up and run. Just got to know when to get down. He puts the ball on his receiver on short crossing routes again. This showed up just like the TCU tape. Very accurate. He rarely miss, makes a receiver adjust or slow down, which I think is very important. He's always giving his receiver an opportunity to run after the catch. Um, he shows good arm strength to push the ball downfield. I thought he did a couple times in this game. I mentioned in the TCU tape he was inaccurate on some throws, which he which he was. Um, but I, I don't think he necessarily has a weak arm. You know, he's, he's pushing the ball 45, 50, 55 yards downfield with relative ease, and he's not underthrowing guys terribly. Um, I thought he flipped his hips quickly and squared shoulders when he was throwing to his running back in the right flat. Did that a few times where it's quick. Out of the gun, flip the hips, and it's a quick throw out in the right flat, whether it's J.K. Dobbins, Mike Webster, Mike Weber, Mike Webster, Mike Weber, excuse me. Um, and I thought that was good stuff. You know, he he's he's constantly... The theme here is he's constantly putting the ball on his receivers, whether it's a running back receiver, um, short to intermediate routes. Everything is on the money. I thought he recognized pressure pretty quickly. He's afraid to step up and run. Mentioned that already. Utilized his running backs out of the backfield well. And he did use this. They threw this sideline wheel route at least three times in this game alone where he missed it a couple times, but he did hit a big one. Um, I think it was later. I can't remember if it was in the first or second half, but he hit a big one um, at one point. And I thought it was a perfect throw. It was a great, great throw down the right sideline. I thought he does a good job of throwing the ball when, you know, where a defender can't make a play on the ball. You know, there was a deep post the first throw of the third quarter where it's his man or it's nobody. And I love that. I love that because you're not, you know, there's a difference between not being afraid to, to just, you know, make the throws to push the ball and throwing it carelessly. And I don't think Dwayne Haskins throws the ball carelessly at all. And I love that about his game. Let's see, what else do I have here? I already mentioned that he sets up his receivers well for run after catch. I'm just kind of running through my my game notes that I went down. I just bulleted a bunch of things, pros and cons. Now, the one con from the Michigan game is the inaccuracy downfield throws four times, four times in this game where he either overshot, I think there was one underthrow, three overthrows on receivers that, you know, there were a couple throws he has to make. Um, so I would love to see the downfield accuracy a little bit more, but all in all, pretty good stuff from, from Dwayne Haskins. Um, I, I don't like him as much there. There was some talk about him being the, the first guy and then Locke. I think Locke is the better prospect at this point. Now where Haskins w- would fit best, you know, uh, it's, it's tough to say right now. Um, you know, there are some things that the Jags obviously, uh, did a lot with Blake Bortles as a lot of short of the short passing game that I think Dwayne Haskins would benefit from. A guy like D.D. Westbrook would be a good fit, I think, for Dwayne Haskins, where that ability to put the ball on the on the receiver, give him an opportunity to run after the catch. D.D. Westbrook is a great guy to have. Uh, De- Deshaun Hamilton, I think, is developing into a guy like that. You know, a slot receiver that can run after the catch. Um, so there are some weapons that Haskins will will. Um, you know, certainly have at his disposal at the next level, whether it's the Washington Redskins at 15, if they if they take Haskins, and you have a guy like Jamison Crowder who can do the same thing. So 
Another guy that, look, I, I, I mentioned, I watched the Purdue tape, the Penn State tape, didn't like, didn't like a lot of what I saw, but I did like what I saw in the TCU and the, and the Michigan tape. So I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be, I don't think his ceiling is quite as high as Drew Locke. Um, again, a lot of that goes back to Drew Locke's ability to push the ball down the field, his willingness to push the ball down the field, the accuracy, precision on those throws. I want to see more of that from Dwayne Haskins, but I think both of these quarterbacks could have pretty good futures in the NFL. So uh, so that's all I have today for the, my first installment of our quarterback, um, quarterback, what do you what do you want to call it? Scouting session, I guess we will. Just quarterback scouting session. And I'm going to do a couple more guys. Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, as I mentioned. Watch those tapes. I'll probably try to get that out, podcast that on Sunday night, and have that released for you Monday. So, uh, so until next time, everybody, thanks again for listening to Pad the Stats. And you can follow us on, um, you can find the podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. Follow us at Twitter, excuse me, Pad the Stats on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. And um, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.